I'm going to close my door. Hey, good Monday morning, everyone. I love the intro. We're all going to close our door. My door is closed and locked. I do have a dog in here, though. But you guys are listening to Author Talk with me, Amy Russell. And Sandy is our guest co-host today. And our author guest today is Kaylee. So you guys, let's dive into the weekend. Right? I'm telling you. So this weekend was adventurous. So Joshua has decided, Russell, you're going to love this. Joshua, who is my husband, for those of you who are new to the show, has decided to build his own ice bath out of this cooler, okay? This, like, meat freezer cooler thing. And so this weekend, he did the whole fiberglass epoxy going over it, painting it, all of that sweet jazz. That has to cure for a week. So uh, my house was toxic, pretty much. So I had to take the girls to this indoor jump house playground kind of thing that we went to. So we did that, and my daughter's third birthday is on Friday. So Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I will be unavailable this week due to I'm going to take her to her mermaid party, which will be at Kalahari here in Texas. Did you fix the birthday cake so it's not a disaster? You know what? I have a friend of mine who did that. I love how you did that with such funny. You know what? I know. (laughs) I know. But I'm going to buy a cake so it looks professional. But we and my friend, she did a practice run on the bluey cake that I wanted to make for my daughter. And so she's worked out all the kinks. So she's going to show me how to do that. But, oh, my God, I totally forgot this. I hope all of you guys know how to do this. If not, I don't know. I feel super special. She taught me how to make homemade butter. And so I tried and made homemade butter by myself. And I feel like a badass because I learned and did it. That actually can be badass. (laughs) That actually can be. It was so much fun. So it was a fun, just like relaxing weekend. I had to get caught up on laundry and all of that. But now I'm in birthday mode for my daughter's last birthday kind of thing. So it was fun, relaxing, and toxic all in the same same weekend. But what you did everything in the one weekend. I know. I can't just do nothing, right? I just can't do nothing. So what did everybody else do this weekend? Who wants to go first? Well, I feel like I mine was... I'll, oh, sorry. No, 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 go. Go. I was going to say I have a very similar weekend because I have two little ones. I have a nine-year-old and a one-year-old. So we were at a play place, too, on... Saturday because it was a birthday party so it was crazy and chaos and my one-year-old just loves it like he's all over the place and those things so um yeah a lot of fun and then you're saying things like bluey and all that I'm like yes that plays on repeat in our house too so very similar probably weekend and lifestyle here yes I'm telling you you need to tell that chihuahua to shut up uh, well, they they bringing Cooper back from the dog walk. I knew I didn't know they were gonna ring the bell and do all that. So, oh, yeah. you be nice to Dinger. I this love Dinger, and I love day, This is our first day for my grand dog, who is if you've never seen him, he's a giant, and my dog is a chihuahua. So the two, the, the chihuahua is it's the like real. a rat that goes around and around in circles. But it, he, it, he barks. It's than a rat. Get in line. So they're all in now so we can continue. But um, so this weekend, that's one of the things we did was to get ready for um, because my, my granddaughter who lives with me works and we, my husband and I are just kind of a little bit too old to take a giant dog for a walk because he sees a squirrel. Whoever's walking him is now history. So, um, so we we hired Rover. Well, she did. So, if you've never heard of Rover, 
that's an app for dog walkers. And so she went on there and found somebody in our neighborhood that has a big dog and all that. So she came over. We met her yesterday. So that's... You have to meet ahead of time someone to take care of your dog yes, like a babysitter. That's crazy. You have to meet with them. That's crazy. Well, you and I have little dogs, so you don't have to worry about it this much. Weasels. But when you have a, and he's a um, combination lab and something else that's equally as big or bigger. So I got one of those. She needs to get a boyfriend about. so she can take the dog there. That's what she needs. No, well, she needs a boyfriend. He, 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 he is the boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So, I like it. So we I went to, to the. I'm trying to walk him in the opposite direction of where his girlfriend lives because when I take him out back, he goes immediately and starts banging on their fence to want her to come out and play. <laughs> I like it. No, I no, like no. It. So anyway, that was my weekend taking care of dogs that I had a great time and I love it. And I love, most of all, I love my grandchildren and like that I get to share my life with them now. I love it. Russell, now it's your turn. We have no, Kaylee, one of the jokes we have here is when Sandy's on, we have no time getting through our time period because she can talk. If you let her talk and there'll be times when you, when she's asking you questions, you may just say, okay, that question was like four paragraphs. I'm going to go ahead and answer what you've said so far. Just interrupt her. I love that's it. one of the things. I'll write it okay, down. Amy, you I'm need, before I start, you need to show us okay, the real okay. true background of what Josh has not done. <laughs> okay, in your here work. you go. He's wrecked her office <laughs> and it's been wrecked for a month and he hasn't fixed it and she's trying okay. to hide it. You know what? To be honest, though, the kids' table is out. Okay, the kids' table is out of my office. It's just a bunch of stuffed animals and other things. So they had to put something with the stuff that's normally on that table. I know. So, yeah, that's what's in here. So mm -hmm. I went to the Atlanta Writers Club's monthly meeting this weekend, and I was a little shocked because. I've been to conferences, writers conferences that had less people at it. There must have been 200 people at this writers conference. They had four or five authors there giving lectures on certain techniques. Uh, it was it was like a writers conference and they do it every month here in Atlanta. It's well, you know, quite the shocking. If you ever went to the Woodlands Writers Meeting, they have they have a very very active big group. So we never did go that. We always went to the Houston Writers Guild. So we'll have to try to visit the other one sometimes. Kaylee, wh where are you? I'm in Canada, so Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So what's the writers meetings and conferences like there? I don't know. I haven't been to any. There you go. See, that's <laughs> interesting. <laughs> You make his point. You make his point. There you go. <laughs> yes. I made my point. So it's rather shocking in Atlanta. And they have these every month. And they have like a conference every quarter. And George and Kim, who've both been on our show, because they're both writers, uh, uh, run this. And they do a great job. And that's, you really have to have somebody running it that's very active and very... Yes marketing wise and pushing and driving and all that so 
So, Kaylee, uh, most people don't watch our show live on Mondays. Most people listen to our podcast during the week. We've been rated top 10 independent bookcasts in America. And uh, we're very grateful (laughs) for that. They listen to us during their workouts and drives to work. And uh, it's mainly people interested in authors or interested in writing or wanting to be published. And we're very grateful. Amy, where can people find us? Because even I can find us now. And that's a shock. I know. Russell's moving up, you guys. Russell's moving up. But no, you can find us anywhere that you can find and search for a podcast. So Amazon Music, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Good Pods, any one of the other ones, Spotify, all those other ones that I'm missing, you can find us. If you want to watch us live in person, I always say this, I'm very animated. I talk a lot with my hands, control what comes out of my mouth, but not my facial expressions, okay? Like that's just how it goes. So if you want a good laugh or to engage in the conversation with us, you can go over to our Facebook group and leave us a comment or you know, asked to be on the show, any one of our social media platforms, we're all public and open books. You can also send me a message on any one of them if you want to be on or go over to our YouTube channel if you want to do that. But other than that, Sandy, I'm going to kick it over to you and let's get Kaylee talking about her book. Well, let, can you put up the picture of the book to start with? Because I think that's a, I love the title and the book cover. Make money your thing. I like that. That sounds like something we'd say in Texas. Make money your thing. <laughs> Only be thing, not thing. But <laughs> great. I'm glad you said where you were. I knew it was Canada, but that's great to know that you're where you're from. So, Kaylee, I read, read your bio. I've read all the stuff that we were, the information we were sent from our friend Nikki. Um, so, tell me. I know you, you have a single mom, all of that. So tell me, what was it? it? Was there one thing that made you think, I'm going to devote my life to helping people have financial literacy or have be financially conscious or whatever words you would use to describe your, um, your thing? Your thing. My thing, yeah. I like that, make money your thing. Um, I don't know if it was one thing. You're right. Like growing up, I grew up with a single mom and money was really a source of like stress and struggle growing up. So I think it was like that. And that was like the whole theme of my childhood of like, we can't afford this. We can't have that. But then noticing, well, that wasn't the case for everyone. Like there was my friends and other people that were getting the things that I really wanted. So it was like a fascination in me of like, you know, how, what is this thing called money? And like, almost like if I figure it out, maybe I can master it somehow. So it was like, from that point on, I really like dove deep into just trying to like figure it all out because I felt like if I could growing up from not having anything and could create that abundance and wealth in my life, then I would have the ability to teach other people. And so that's where I am at now. And it was really like the catalyst that like pushed me even further into it was when I had my daughter and I was on mat leave and then going back to work and I'm a single mom as well. And so that was that moment of like, I really need to lean into like supporting women, women feeling financially independent, um, women feeling empowered because it just, 
you know, women still have that. They're saying those phrases like money isn't my thing. I'm not good with math. I'm not good with numbers. And we have to stop that. Like that has to change. And I don't think there's anything innately different between men and women, but it's almost like men are just more willing to just dive in with a little bit more confidence than women are. And so I just want women to just have that little confidence boost and be able to take those steps. Because again, my story I share throughout it and other people that I've come across, but it's just that proof of like, if I could do it, if they can do it, like we can all do this. It doesn't take a lot of work either. So there's, you know, I'm sure there's several women who are um, very financially um literate and they've written books and they do shows and stuff like that did you follow any of them i, I didn't mention any names but do you, did you follow any of those and i do yeah like as a finance person i love it i love seeing that because i think it's it's so important and it's like everyone kind of is reaching a different audience too and that's so amazing. Like some people are more focused on, you know, the mindset piece and abundance and how we can change our thoughts. And some people are more focused on the stock markets and in the, the investing piece. So I think everyone like has their own kind of like take and, and sort of, you know, stance they take on it. But I think it's so important, like financial literacy, we don't get enough of this when we're growing up and in school. And, you know, in that formal education setting, we're just not getting enough. So when there, there's people out there teaching, I think it's amazing. Um, as with anything, you know, take what you're hearing sometimes with a grain of salt or know that obviously, um, it's not maybe your unique circumstances. So they have to kind of give advice that is somewhat more blanketed to their audiences and things like that. So, um, you know, sometimes just sort of maybe taking a few opinions, or if there isn't someone maybe that you agree with, or you want to, you know, necessarily do the things they're saying, like, there's still your choice, right? Like, we still have to embrace our own money uniqueness, I call it in the book, that we're all very different. So make sure that you're not giving that up when you're following some of these people. Again, it's great information. It's so important. But if it doesn't feel right for you, um, then, you know, just create your own version of it is what I'd say. That that's very good. I love, I love that. And, um, so I came from a totally different background, but with the same, you know, same kind of conclusion to, uh, so I came from a, you know, father, mother, everybody home, but, um, but still having financial problems. And so I grew up and realized, didn't realize till I was an adult, but I really had this fear of scarcity, fear of not having money. And I felt like those fears were put there because there were times we didn't have money to do. Like you said, there were people that would have the money and we didn't. So I love that, but I love what you, it never occurred to me to go into financial um, management or anything like that. I love that it did you and um, and that you have now. Is, is this your first book? It is. Yeah. So that's my first book. And then I also wrote a children's picture book about a little girl learning about money and it's called Money Wise Mabel's Bursting Bank. I love that. I did look at, I did look at that. Um, also you have two now, right? Two children's books now? No, just the one children's book. Oh, just one. Okay. I thought yeah. I saw two, two covers. So, okay. So I love, love Money Wise Mabel. You know, that's really some, a name that would really go over with kids and I have a, especially little girls, Money Wise Mabel. So I love that. And so is that book available now also? Or is it, it's out uh, on September, September 19th it's out, but it's available for pre-order now. Oh, okay. So this one's published. I didn't even check the pub, pub dates on them. So this one is, okay, very good. So 
So this one is more for adults and the other one is going to be for the kids, their kids. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The kids picture book is probably great for like children, like three to seven years old. It's a picture book and it's just, yeah, going on a journey with a little girl who's learning about money and what to do when her piggy bank gets full. You know, that's real important. I think that uh, this children's book, this is actually something I would get for my three granddaughters because the, uh, little picture books it keeps them interested you can read them with them and i don't think you can teach people to be smart with money too early i think that's an important you need yeah. to ingrain it into their lifestyle early exactly like it's it's all like the material it's like math right and with math it's we learn like addition and then subtraction and then multiplication like it it kind of builds on itself and i would say the same is true with money so we can start teaching like the very basic simple concepts because that's where we have to start and so we should start there with our kids because it's going to have to build on that it's terrible like it that we're kind of going into our adult years and we've never gotten any of that so it's like we feel like we're starting from scratch and it's overwhelming and it's it's almost like embarrassing sometimes as an adult thinking like i don't understand this i don't know this and so a lot of the women i talk to will start with like oh this is probably a dumb question but and it's like well no it's not a dumb question um because you didn't learn like we didn't have opportunities to learn these basic concepts i love that and i you know talking to you or some of the other people that i've known that wrote something that were in financial I had a couple of clients that were in financial planning and they've written books um and it's it just makes me wish i could start over with my children not just my grandchildren but my children teaching them now, i have four sons and they're all very successful but but they don't come at it from a um from the same kind of philosophical way that i would the, the thing of being grateful and all of that that you would have so um what what so you can't think of any one thing that kind of you, it happened and you're like ah i want to make sure my children or know about this or my children understand this yeah like my daughter when i wrote the kids book my daughter was like five and she was showing signs of being terrible with money i was like oh my goodness <laughs> Like this would be embarrassing if she grows up to be terrible with money and her mom is like the money educator always wanting to share money knowledge so yeah i wrote the book thinking about her because i'm like how many kids you know are getting an opportunity to have this conversation so that's it was like i think during covid like the beginning of covid and i got the idea when yeah my little five-year-old was just seeming like she didn't understand any of it and the and of course i mean they don't they're just so little and it's all new to them but it's so fun having the conversations about money with them because kids are all about like the possibility and they come at it from a place of like anything is possible and i'm like that's so amazing because then we grow up and we you know we go i can't do this or i wouldn't be able to afford this or i'm never going to be able to retire like all those things start kind of compiling on but as kids it's like they can do anything and they can you know buy a mansion and you know, a, a giraffe or something like that. That's what she wanted at the time. And, <laughs> and so it's just, it's so fun to think and you ask them, well, how are you going to do that? And, you know, what is that going to take? And it's just so, it's fun coming at it from that perspective because it is from a, like a idea of possibilities. And then it just, you know, it just opens the door for what, what it is that they want to do and what it is that they're going to become and, and how money could show up for them in a very different way. Like you said, when it's scarcity and there's, fear about money like that's not a fun way to grow up and 
I say this to people all the time that money is neutral. Like it's not good or bad. It's what we assign to it. And so it's unfortunate that when we grow up in those scenarios where we don't have a lot and, and then we decide that maybe it's like it money's bad or it's hard to get, or it's, you know, I never have enough and versus, you know, all the other ways that we could think about it as like, it's prosperous, it's abundant. There's all different ways to make money, you know, things like that, that we can teach our children. So do you do speaking as well as I know, or you, you have your business is it's more like speaking and bringing other women into or men too, but teaching people financial literacy, or do you, you just have clients and you help them with their money individually or both? Yeah, I do. Well, I do a bit of both. Like I have clients and I help them individually. And then I do speaking as well. And I teach like an investing 101 course as well here in Calgary. Um, but I do do online events often um, for my clients and other people just on different topics. Um, and I was doing a lot of them when COVID first hit because I used to do them in person um, for just women, just different seminars on money topics, investing and whatnot. And then obviously that changed about the ability to like bring in large groups of people so then I took it online and I was doing them online and now I do mostly virtual just because we can reach a larger audience and more people can attend. May I ask a question, Sandy? Yes, sir. I'm dying to ask this question. Okay. Okay, Kaylee, how did you get started? Uh, how did you get started in your those seminars that you were doing before the virus hit? Yeah. So <clears throat> good question. Um, I knew I wanted to reach like a female audience. And so I just decided that we had like a really large boardroom at my office. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to have an event just for women about money and I'm only going to invite women. And, um, I just started calling all the companies. Like I thought, well, what's going to bring women in? Cause I was having over the lunch hour and I'm in the downtown, you know, core. Um, and so I first just sort of looked at the directory of my office. Um, cause it was like 48 stories or something like that. So I looked at the directory and I started all calling like all the other companies and saying, I'm hosting this event for just women. It's about, you know, investing 101 or whatever the topic was at the time. Um, and I would love, you know, to share to any colleagues at your office that might be interested. And everyone was really receptive and open and they would almost like, they would share it with their, their colleagues and everyone that worked in the office, um, women that worked in the office and, and then women just started showing up. And I, I made sure to just do it regularly. Cause I know obviously not everyone can make a specific date and time. So I said, okay, I'm going to do these once a month. And obviously the first one you're saying that and you're like acting like you've done so many of these and you're like, this is the first time and I hope it works. <laughs> and you know, inside you're all like, scared and frightened and you order a bunch of sandwiches and salads and things like that and hope that people actually come um, because you don't want to look like it was just a big flop. But women showed up like it was just amazing. Women came and then they came up to me after just saying such amazing things like they felt more confident and more willing to have conversations about this and realizing that they had to do things and get started with investing and whatnot. And, um, and then I just kept doing them and more and more women would come because they would tell their friends and other people. And it just like, it got to a point where it was like standing room only in the room and it was fun. And so it was, it was tough when that kind of broke down when we weren't able to do in person. Um, but I did, yeah, I did want to keep it going virtually at least. Yeah, because you can't feed people when it's virtually. And and I do know that that's, I was always into the marketing and events. So that was a great way to get people to come. Yeah. 
I'm like, at least you're going to get free lunch. I thought, uh, you know, maybe my presentation will flop or something like that, but at least they'll get free lunch so they can't complain. And yeah, it just, it went really well. And I, I loved it. There's a whole vibe to having a room full of people that are just excited to learn more. So I want to make sure we tell people how to reach you because if you're watching today or tomorrow or next week or whenever you're watching this live um, interview, we want you to be able to call Kaylee because everyone, every child, every male or female needs to understand financial literacy. You need to understand how fear can make you have scarcity as well as, you know, and being positive. So, um, so Kaylee, how do they, how would someone get in touch with you to, and find you to be, uh, to attend one of your uh, workshops? Yeah. So a great way to reach out to me is just my website. So it's KayleeBoisVert.com. Um, and that's K-A-L-E-E-B-O-I-S-V. ERT.com. Thank you for spelling that because when yeah. you pronounce it, I'm like, what was her last name? <laughs> it's Plus very for complicated. The <laughs> yeah, so it's it's bad spelling. I apologize. It's not easy spelling, not intuitive. Um, but yes, KayleeBoisVert.com or um, I'm on Instagram, KayleeBoisVert, and I post things on there. You can always message me on there. Um, same with like LinkedIn, any of those platforms, reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. I do a weekly newsletter as well with a lot of like different articles on financial topics. So, you know, I love having these conversations and just being able to reach a wider audience and and share, especially people that are just really willing to and wanting to learn more. I'm and still so really stuck on the fact that your child only wanted a draft because mine is four and she came up to me the other day and I asked her, this was like around her birthday. So in July, and I asked her what she wanted. She said, Hmm, I want a bigger house. And then I want you to have your own house, but I want a bigger house. I was like, just for you. She's like, yeah, mom, just for me. You're on your own. Okay. That's what my four-year-old told me. <laughs> she broke yeah, something. I wanted to mention, Amy, when she gave the age of her two, it was not quite the same as yours. No, but I, I can relate to you, though. I mean, mine are 13 the, months apart, and it's insane. And by so. the way, Kaylee, obviously her daughter needs your book. My daughter, <laughs> my daughter is, she's a hot mess. I mean, I'm not even going to lie to you. The fact that your daughter just wanted a draft makes me just, I'm just like, man, I am envious of that for sure. Because my daughter broke a toy yesterday. She, she said, mom, can we go to Target and just get another one? I was like, no, my money doesn't grow on trees. She's like, mom, mom. Yeah. But you know. love me. Yeah, but you love me. I'm like, girl, my love has limits. Okay, my love has limits for all everybody there's no boy you know her. as she gets to be a teenager she's going to really learn her mother's limits <laughs> but i have to tell you kaylee they are two they're my granddaughters so they are two adorable granddaughters and that's not <laughs> biologically that's just adoption so um, i've adopted amy she worked for me since she was in college and now she's married and got um uh, because you weren't even married to josh back then were you so uh oh, no i was, was i was engaged i wasn't married yeah 
so so we uh, I have adopted her and I, and she's Aww. the love of my life and her daughters are my, my adopted grandchildren. So but that is so the point and I oh I'm supposed to keep going. So okay. Let's move on then. I love it. Russell, I've missed this. I've missed this banter. Oh. Well I when Sandy it. goes down these rivers of thought, <laughs> you have to pull her back to the mainstream. Russell, it's not be what you like to talk about does not mean that it's not what other people like to talk about. You're not the only one on the show, remember? Oh, like, like the OG <laughs> show from like eight years ago. Oh, I love, I've missed <laughs> this so much. Okay, you're getting like a full on scene. So background information before Sandy dives in some more. So it was Russell's idea to start this show and we started it eight years ago and I was more behind the camera and it was him and Sandy and they'd interviewed Fern was their very first guest. Can you believe it? <laughs> Fern Brady was our first guest and she used to be our guest co-host until recently. But um, it's evolved and stuff. But Russell and Sandy have always had this relationship where they just kind of banter and make fun of each other and that would always come across in the show and so when sandy decided to retire and kind of switch gears a little bit that dynamic kind of changed and so whenever sandy would come back on russell would always make it kind of a point to like pick on her so they could banter back and forth because russ is uh sandy's the only one that's not afraid to kind of give russell back his crap so it makes it really at first before we ever started this show so it's always a lot a lot of loved having russell as a client because if he's wanted to do something that i was like no no, we're not doing but Sandy, let's get Kaylee talking about her children's yes. book because I definitely need it for my four-year-old okay, so because I'm going to be broke. And then Kaylee, if we have any time left, I love this um, this Word document that we got from Mickey and he talks about some of the con concepts that you explore in your book. So just be ready. I want to talk about those after we talk about the children's book. Okay. So tell us about the children's book and what 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 lessons your children would get because we want everyone to be go buy go pre-order a copy of the book. Yeah, absolutely. So really I wanted to get like the conversation about money early. Cause like you said, I think like people's biggest regret when I talk to people about their finances and whatnot is they they wish they started earlier, like started saving, started investing. So then I was like, yeah, toying with you know that and seeing my daughter terrible with money. I'm like, well, how early can we start this? And then I thought, well, really, really early. And that's when I got the idea for pictures book, picture book, but um, which is kind of challenging because picture books are you know fun and whimsical. And I'm like, how am I gonna make a money book about that kids that's going to keep children engaged. But um, I hope I did a good job. And so it's essentially, you know, Mabel fills up her piggy bank and she's so excited and, and she, you know, runs down to tell her mom and she wants to just spend it all on like candy or, you know, just kind of those instant gratification, silly expenses that kids want. And her mom says the line that Amy said too, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. And, um, and then so Mabel's like, well, what do you do with your money? And her mom says that she puts it in her bank account and saves it up and all that. So then when she learns about that, then Mabel wants to open her very own bank account. So they go on this journey for opening her first bank account together. And um, Mabel gets to learn that she's also going to earn some interest on her money, which she's excited about, um, where she's going to get her own savings account. And, and then she starts thinking about, you know, these 
what she can buy with all this money she saves up. Um, and so you can kind of wait and see till the end um, and read the book for what she comes up with. But then she starts thinking of, you know, ways that she can start earning money, like um, dog walking or doing yard work or babysitting or things like that, that she can start doing to make some money right away. And um, so that's it. So it's just, I think it opens conversation afterwards for parents to talk to children about like, you know, what do you want to save up your money for? And asking them things like, like when Ivy wanted the giraffe, you know, my next question was like, well, what kind of like, where are you going to work? What's your job going to be? And she said she was going to work at Walmart. And I said, well, <laughs> Ivy, <laughs> you might not make enough income to buy that giraffe at Walmart. You might need to get a higher paying job. So it just, it's fun. Like it just opens doors to all other sorts of ideas and things. And you can have those conversations with them. And, and yes, it's not going to all make sense to them at first, but it's nice getting perspective. Like even now I ask Ivy questions, like how much money do you think people make on a monthly basis? And she was like two hundred dollars. I'm like Ivy. That's what like we spend on groceries sometimes. Like so, it's just getting them, you know, having conversations, asking questions, seeing what they're thinking, and and it's fun. And and so that's the book. So it's hopefully to open conversations. Um, maybe it inspires your child to want to open their own bank account or savings account so they can start, you know, putting their money towards something bigger. So, do you plan to have a? Uh, one where the main character is a little boy? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I, I write it from my own perspective. Like Ivy was my inspiration for Mabel. Um, you know, it's this little girl with her long blonde hair. Like it's Ivy kind of through and through. She liked unicorns. Unfortunately, now she doesn't like unicorns anymore. So it's funny from like when you write the book to where she is now, she's like, but mom, I don't even like unicorns now. Like she's <laughs> moved on past unicorns. Um, but yeah, so it, she's my inspiration. So it's kind of like a story about her. And me combined, so that's well, why. Well, yes, I do have a I have a five year old grandson, and um, but it's okay. I have a son. Too. My one year old is a son, so I'm very you know proud for this for men too. But I think, I mean, I think for my perspective. I think everyone benefits this. Like for the kids book, it is, yes, for boys and girls. Again, just the inspiration was my daughter and myself. That's why the character is a girl. But make money your thing. Um, yes, the book is written very much towards women. Men have read it too. Um, but I think men really need to get behind this financial independence for women too. Um, I don't want, you know, men feeling like taking that that burden of thinking that they have to always be the primary, you know, breadwinner in quotations or um, that they have to always be the provider. I think that's a big, heavy thing to carry. And, and for men to always think like, that's your job, that's your role. Um, as now a mom to a little boy, I don't want him to have to think like and carry that with him. So I think everyone can get behind this concept. I would hope that, you know, everyone being financially independent is so important because it impacts us all and we all have to be engaged with our money. My yeah. husband's in full, full support. I believe my husband told me the other day, like 100%, and this was like a joke, but he was also serious was that if we could flip roles and he could stay home or work from home and like watch my girls and be like the stay at home mom while and like kind of like flip the roles and like I went off and kind of did those things so like I could have a break and stuff for it, he would be like full on support of that. Now the running joke in my house is my husband would be a much better stay at home mom than I am because he's like 
he would be, he already told me, he's like, I'd go to all the mom groups. I'd have mom friends. We would do arts and crafts and all kinds of stuff. Right. But he did tell me the other day, he was like, if the roles were reversed, like I would support you going off and doing that. And if that meant for me to stay home and like watch the girls and work from home, then I would do that kind of thing. So I think there are men out there that are like supportive and stuff of it. And I think those are the ones that are reading your, <laughs> reading of course, your book. Of course, Josh Arts and Crafts would include motorcycle mechanics, <laughs> deck construction, and then reconstruction when he constructed it wrong. The sad part is, is this is third true. Third construction yeah. to redo it. So it would be a little bit different. He just wants to work on his motorcycle. <laughs> This is the true part. And their science would be, you know, crafting up this ice bath that they're doing and ratios yes. with the epoxy and what it's made of and why we wear, you know, respirators and all this fun that stuff. That actually sounds so, kind of cool to me. I know. it's It was a lot of fun. It was pretty cool to like watch and like see him. He joined a whole Facebook group and everything like that. But I think there are, it is like a shift that is kind of, kind of happening, but. Yeah. And we have to just, yeah, you're right. And we have to be open to letting it. Cause again, I think men just, cause those gender roles that have been kind of ingrained in us for too long, but we have to open that up. Cause as a single mom, me carrying the financial burden, I know like how much, it, how much it weighs on you and how stressful yeah. it can be. And so I don't want to take that away from like, you know, historically men's experience having to carry that. And um, this has to change because it benefits both. Like it benefits all of us. Very good. So, um, Russell, do I have time for a couple more? You do. You, you do. have all the time. Yeah. No, she just okay. does not tell Sandy she has all the time. <laughs> so now let's move over to, we'll move back to make money your thing. And one of the things you have here is some concepts that they will get out of the book. So, the first one I have is transforming money mistakes into money wisdom. So don't take too long on each one because I like to get through all of them. But if we don't, we don't. But um, so tell me about that one. Okay. So, you know, a lot of people are kind of holding themselves back or still being impacted by what they would consider, you know, quote unquote, a mistake that they've made with money. So, you know, maybe they bought something, they spent too much on something. And that's almost like, paralyzing them in, in fear of, you know, taking control of their money or doing things. So I want us to look and shift our perspective on what a money mistake is. Um, we're given like money decisions are going to come at us every day. Um, all sorts of decisions we have to make. So let's decide instead that it's money wisdom. Um, so when we turn it and change our perspective, then it's just, what are we learning from it? And when we take that lesson, we can then, you know, be grateful for what we've learned and then decide what we want to do going forward. So it's almost getting our power back and saying, oh, okay, you know, I do regret that that thing I bought, but, um, you know, going forward, I'm just going to take a pause before I, you know, click the checkout button on online shopping or whatever it is and take some time and decide and think about it. And, you know, maybe I won't have that same instant gratification reaction again. I'll take more time. So it's just, yeah, just turning it around and deciding to look at it a different way. Keep the focus on what you can control. Yes, because when it comes to money, finances, the economy, there's so much that's out of our control. Um, you know, you can get like a parking ticket. I mean, that's relatively in your control, but it can feel like everything's coming at you, happening to you. Um, inflation, raising interest rates, like those are all really stressful things that we're going through. And if you're really, you know, just kind of focused on those and stuck in the stress of that, well, 
unfortunately, we have no control over those factors, those really big factors. So can you instead spend that important energy of yours on something that you can do, on something you can control? So maybe the thing you can control is like, oh, things are starting to get more expensive. I'm going to look through a past month of expenses and see if there's anything I can kind of switch or change um, or push off into the future. Uh, maybe I have some subscriptions that I'm not using anymore that I can cancel. So those are the things you can do. So focus on what you can do because there's always going to be a lot going on that you cannot control that's happening around us. But when you focus on the things you can do, again, it feels good. It, you're coming from a place of like, okay, you know, this is empowering. I'm going to do this, this, and this. And that feels a lot better. So where did you uh, or how and when did you adapt to this kind of concept that about the control and the power I think it's just seeing people like, again, I've worked with people with their finances for 15 years now. And so it's almost like for me seeing like the most common things I see that work against people. And, and so I want to bring light to them because I think it's like, we're all experiencing those things. We have those moments. So let's talk about them and let's explore them further. And I do a lot of reading um, from like a spiritual perspective of like changing our mindset and, and meditating and, and coming up with, you know, other ways of looking at things. And so that's where I think it comes from. It's just, you know, let's find ways to positively, you know, do something about it rather than kind of just sticking in the like, oh, this sucks. And, you know, I'm never going to get ahead and I'm always going to be in debt. Like, again, I'm all about, well, then let's take action. What can we do? I know I, I, I did that recently when I'm, I made a, a money mistake and I'm like, okay, that was, that was a rookie mistake. Okay. I, I made that mistake before I, I should have learned from it, all that. So yeah, I hear exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Um, step into your power and become a money boss. Yeah. So this is me just giving women permission to be the boss. Like you're the CEO of your finances and that's a big role, but you are absolutely ready and deserving of that role. And I just remind women to tap into these skills that they have that are so much, you know, transferable and important in that realm. Um, like I remember when I was first trying to be an advisor on my own and I was interviewing and I had the list of all the skills that are required and it was like, you know, multitasking and handling, you know, a lot of different things at once. I'm like, I'm a single mom, you know, raising a little daughter on my own and I'm doing my MBA and all this. So I'm like, there's the proof. Like as women or as people in general, we can see the proof in other areas of our lives of that we can handle some pretty big things and get through them. So why aren't we bringing that into the money realm with us and remembering all these skills we have that can make us, you know, really great and excel in this field as well in our lives. Go on a date with your money. What is, what do we mean by that concept? Yeah. So I had to put that in. I'm a, like, again, single. I've had a lot of experience in the dating world. Um, so how can we make money kind of fun? Um, you know, the idea of going on a date with your money is just, giving it dedicated time and attention because we spend how much time earning money. So how many, how much time do you spend, you know, per week or per month in whatever you do, whether you're an entrepreneur or um, an employee working very hard for what you earn and um, you know, how much time do you spend actually giving back to it? And I would say very little. Um, we probably spend more time like planning a vacation or something like that. So 
A money date is just putting it in your calendar, scheduling time where you are going to stay focused on your money. You're not going to stand up your money. You know, you're going to show up. You're going to have this dedicated time in place with your money, whether you're single or in a relationship. If you're in a relationship, it's a great time for you both to come together and have that conversation about money together. And again, it's a scheduled event. Like you just, you put it in your calendar and just like any schedule event, you show up and you, you do it. And there's ideas I give on like what you can spend this time doing as well. Very, very good. So that was the last concept that we have. Amy, I just checked over there. Can you um, make sure you put her website in the comment section of on, on all the Facebook like, things that we do? Yeah. Um, because I'm not sure how many people will go to Author Talk, the group. But I was going to commend you for getting through all of them with no flack from Russell. <laughs> I mean, well, if we I had gotten flack from Russell... <laughs> I wouldn't have got through them. I was sitting on the edge. <laughs> and I was watching the time on my computer. <laughs> and I have one more minute. So right now, again, Kaylee, tell us your website. It's KayleeBoisVert.com. So K-A-L-E-E-B-O-I-S-V-E-R-T.com. Woohoo! Okay, Russell, it is all yours. Well, the only thing I want to say is uh, thank you for re-saying that so that people can find you and your book on the podcast. And if they get your pre-order your children's book and they get your children's book, if it works the way they hope, I hope they give you a great review. Thank you. Because it's always helpful to the author. Thank you. And then what, have you planned anything special for the book launch or anything? I'm doing a book launch in October for both because the one came out like Make Money Your Thing came out this summer. So it's tough because everyone's away on summer vacation and stuff. So I'm going to do October 12th here in Calgary. I'm doing a launch for them both. And I've been doing a couple signings here in my local city. So I'm going to do a few more of those. Well, I want you to know that Amy is our leader of the free world in book launches. So okay. if you need leader of the free world, I like give that. Give her a call. <laughs> I like it. Leader. It, like it was that. great to meet you, Kaylee. I Thank hope you. I in person sometime. I do love, love, love this idea of teaching financial independence and literacy to children. Oh my gosh. Thank Russell, you. I love you, Russell. <laughs> I like it. But no, Kaylee, thank you so much for taking time out of your morning to come and hang out and talk with us. You guys, Kaylee is going to be joining us this year for the 12 Days of Page Turners. It's Yay! her first year going to join us. So that is going to be a lot of fun. We have a lot of changes, but we have some amazing offers and holiday promotions that we are in the process of putting together and kicking off for the 12 Days of Page Turners. But Kaylee is going to be there. What so are the make sure that you come that? and do that. What are the the dates? dates for that, it's December 1st through the 11th, every night at 7 p.m. And December 12th is a free-for-all. So we will have all of the authors that are available and want to come back to talk about their promotion on December 12th. And that's going to be either in the afternoon or in the evening. We haven't honed down how that's going to work quite yet. But we do have 50 authors in a waiting list of other authors. So this year is going to be a lot of fun. We have variety, especially for holiday promotions. So you're not going to want to miss the 12 Days of Patients. Kaylee's going to be on with her holiday promotion. So make sure that you tune in. But Kaylee, it's always so fun talking with you. And I always learn something. I've learned that my daughter needs this book. Okay. <laughs> that she's just a hot mess. And I love it. But I love that you did it from the children 
or for the children because it is important to kind of learn these things at a young age. So thanks for taking time out of your morning to come and hang out with us. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, you guys, we hope you all have a fantastic Monday, a great rest of your week. And until next Monday, bye for now, everybody.